and welcome back to the WTOC Sports Podcast. I'm sports director Lindsey Goff, and I'm here to recap what was a pretty busy weekend for us. I haven't had that in a while. Um, now that high school football is in full swing, we're awaiting college football. Things are starting to pick back up. Uh, summers can get a little slow, as you sports fans probably know, but uh, we had a busy weekend. Georgia Southern had a scrimmage. We had the Irk Russell Classic High School Football on Friday night. There was a lot going on. So we're going to start at Georgia Southern. They held their final scrimmage of fall camp on Saturday morning inside Paulson Stadium. And afterwards, we got to talk to head coach Chad Lunsford. We talked about COVID vaccination rates for the team. We talked about the quarterback battle, the defense. All kinds of stuff. We got to talk to him for quite a bit. So uh, here's a listen to Georgia Southern head football coach Chad Lunsford following the team's final scrimmage on Saturday morning. We've got some guys doing a really good job out there. Um, really happy with how Cameron is progressing. Really happy with how Sam's progressing. Uh, you know, Amari's jumping in there doing some Wildcat stuff for us. Uh, you know, so not ready to name a starter publicly or anything like that. Uh, do have a a decent idea right now. Um, we'll want to watch this film and, and still get a good feel uh, for things, but do have a good idea on it, but definitely want to keep that internal right now. Are they splitting first team reps right now, or how are you kind of dividing that up? Well, right now, um, you know, we're still, JT gets reps in there um, just to keep him sharp. Uh, Cameron's jumping in with the ones, Amari's jumping in with the ones. Uh, Sam is getting some with the twos and, and, and threes, and then we're Obviously, shuffling Cameron and Amari in with the twos as well. So uh, we're splitting them up best we can and uh, just trying to make sure that they get a good rhythm uh, with each offense and, and ready to go for us. They kind of all provide a different look on the offense. You know, like they all kind of something different, a little bit different strengths. Yeah, I mean, um, everybody's going to have their different strengths. Um, but I, I do think that our offense lends well to all of their strengths. I do think that. Uh, you know, if you feel like one throws the ball better than the other, uh, we definitely have passing game in that we can take advantage of. If you feel like one runs better than the other, um, you definitely got the quarterback run game. So uh, I really like what we're doing on offense, and, um, you know, I do think that the guys we have here fit what we do. Chad, will you progressively give whoever it is that's going to start with play more snaps with the ones and maybe get two pulls back a little bit as you lead up to the first game? Um, well, if I answer that question, are you going to come to practice and count the reps and then put it out? Uh, obviously, yes. We, we've got to start increasing the reps with, with the person that's going to be uh, starting for us. Um, you know, um, don't be shocked if we're playing two quarterbacks. Don't be shocked if we play three quarterbacks. So um, I think all of them can have packages and, and really make plays for us. Again, uh, still time to decipher that, but obviously going into this week, uh, we got to start honing in and, and start getting the ones that are going to play for us and make sure they get the reps they need. Does that put a lot of onus on uh, Coach Lee implementing a certain package for this guy, a certain package for that guy? I, I don't think so because the, the packages would be what our offense runs. So obviously you'd have to know who's in, <laughs> but uh, I don't uh, I don't see that being an issue whatsoever. Um, and, and you know I'm kidding around about playing three quarterbacks. I mean that's that's hard to do, right? But definitely two quarterbacks is is something that we definitely can look at, and that may be the way we go. That's what I you obviously saying. haven't watched the film from today yet, but you know two weeks out, what are some things that you want to see tuned up for either side of the ball? 
Yeah, I'm a, um, the, I think the biggest thing that I took away from today, because we were very smart with them today. We didn't go live, but only a, uh, a set number of plays with our guys. Um, and a lot of it was thud tempo. Um, so sometimes, you know, runs or whatever or passes, they may have uh, broke for big gains or they may have been sacks by the defense. You know, you never know uh, what it actually would have happened if you let it play out. Um, so I think the biggest thing we took away from today was more game-like operation stuff, making sure that we're smooth in transitioning from whatever it is we're in. If we're in the red zone, if we're coming out, if we're open field, or if we're organizing special teams on the sideline, uh, organizing our sideline, um, you know, clock running, play clock running, you know, uh, penalty management, all the different things that go along in a game. Um, I think that what I took away from today is we need to continue to work on that uh, because it wasn't as smooth as it needed to be. What's the, the likelihood, if you want to put a percentage on it, that we will see two quarterbacks in that opening game start? I played split up the time in the first game. A percentage? Yeah. Like over and under? I'm not allowed to uh, gamble. It's the NCAA. It's against NCAA rules. Like 50%, 75%, whatever you want to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm worried that we're playing into Vegas on this. Like, you know, I, yeah, I don't want to break any rules. Do right, you know. Okay, we'll switch gears. What about J.D. King's situation? What's going on with him? Well, J.D., uh, we're being a little bit cautious with him. Um, you know, uh, obviously, uh, coming back off an ACL, um, you know, he's done a really good job rehabbing. He's been cleared to go and all that type of stuff. But as you progress a guy, um, you know, sometimes you have some nicks and bruises and all that type of stuff that, that kind of happen. Um, he's fine. There's no issues. We're just being precautious with him right now and, um, you know, just making sure that we've got him fully ready to go when the season starts. J.D. has nothing to prove. J.D.'s a worker. J.D. knows how to play college football. J.D. has proved to his team that he can be counted on. So um, we're just being cautious. Um, we're we're a good good ways along. I mean, uh, you know, our guys have done a really good job of uh, really working at the playbook, um, and we've thrown a lot of a lot of stuff at them. Uh, the mindset, and I think it's really this way on offense and defense, is to we threw a lot of mud on the wall and see what would stick. And um, you know, so we we've, we've thrown a lot at them, so a good bit of it for sure. So this is the last scrimmage. What do the next two weeks kind of look like? Um, so we'll have a personnel meeting um, and start determining um, roles for everybody on the team, uh, make sure everything's defined for them. Uh, so we'll meet with our guys on Monday and say, hey, here it is. This is what your role is currently on our football team. And, um, and then we'll start progressing to more game uh, planning next week, uh, split more into scout teams, uh, start putting in our game plan. And, uh, you know, probably work on several of our opponents from the year um, and, and also obviously starting to get ready for Gardner-Webb. Yeah, I think there was a kind of a, you know, people that just come to the scrimmages, they see those days, right? Um, you know, if I walked off the field right now, I'd say defense probably had the better day, no question. Um, but if you came to the last scrimmage, you might say that the offense had a better day. If you watch practice, I mean, it's back and forth, back and forth. Um, I like the fact that our defense can get after our offense because that's only going to make us better. Um, and that tells me we've got a really good defense. And I know defense wins championships. So um, I, no, no concern there at all. Um, I, I'm just glad that we got a good defense that our offense has to go against. Your team vaccination rate. 
thing where the guys were like, we need to get this taken care of, you know, we don't want to have players out, you know, we want to compete for the Sun Belt, we need to have everybody available. Is there something that, I don't know, spurred that or is that just something they decided to do this week? Uh, not at all. There was nothing that um, came up that started changing anything. We've been educating them since, shoot, I don't know when. Um, we bring, we've brought several doctors in to educate our guys. Um, our uh, coaches have did a, done a good job of encouraging them, um, you know, and, and you know, we, we talk about it all the time. Hey, here's the pros, here's the cons, here's what we need to do. Um, when the university or the world or the nation or that, when nothing's mandated, you know, it's got to be encouragement. Um, you know, I think sometimes um, numbers can get twisted, you know, stats. Uh, I heard a long time ago, stats are for losers because you're trying to figure things out um, and what things really look like on the inside. Um, I'm not into that. I'm into, all right, what does each individual, what is their reason for getting vaccinated or what is their reason for not getting vaccinated? Um, and I think it's important that we have those conversations. Um, and we've been having those conversations for a long time. When you start, I don't know what number went out, but when you start looking at a number, you got you to gotta take a lot of things into account. All right, was it our guys that have been with us since January, or was it new guys that we've added that we have not educated yet, or is it new guys that started with us when school started um, where you haven't had time to educate them? Um, I think a lot of that plays into it. Um, you know, if, if you do want some roundabout numbers about our team, I mean, when you look at our three deep, when you start looking at our three deep, three deep depth chart on, uh, on offense, we're about 89% vaccinated. On defense, we're about 77% vaccinated. I believe special teams somewhere around 72%. The entire team three deep wise, we're about 82%. So, um, you know, I think we're trending well. I think we're trending fine. And I think we're doing a great job educating those guys. But until you sit down one-on-one -on -one with a guy and try to find out why he did or did not get vaccinated, it's hard to judge somebody because it may be a parent. It may be a religion. It may be something, you know, that you've got to take into effect. You may have somebody that is scared to death, and you've got to take your time with them. So if I'm wrong for doing it that way, so be it. I guarantee I can look at myself in the mirror every night and go, I do right by our guys. Where's the coaching staff in terms of vaccination? We are now with one shot and immunity 100%. So on the way to everybody? Yep. Well, you mentioned the education. I didn't know if somebody like came in this week and that's what kind of spurred that increase or something. Because I know you guys had said you brought in doctors and professionals. and they could We had the... So I didn't know if somebody came in like very recently. Um, that, you know, what's the day, Saturday? Uh, yesterday was Friday. A week ago, we brought in the Sunbelt doctor. Uh, when we reported, Dr. Lancaster came in and talked to our team. Uh, throughout the summer, we had education between our trainers and all that type of stuff. Uh, we did not do anything this week other than the continued yeah. encouragement. Can they get it here, or do they have to like, go somewhere? Uh, it depends. Um, you know, Sometimes we're able to get a pharmacy that, that works with us to come over here. If not, uh, we can use pods on campus, uh, I think Forest Heights. There's all different places, but if our guys say they want to go somewhere, we make sure we get them there. And if, if it means missing a meeting, missing practice, missing weightlifting, whatever, we're going we're gonna to help them. Chad, 
man, I love those guys, man. I, I tell you what, you as a head coach, like this transfer portal, uh, you know, I, 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 there's some days I hate it, and then some days I love it, right? Uh, but those two guys, getting them and, and them, I, I mean, from day one, they seem like Georgia Southern men. And now, now they've proven it, they are. And uh, they're good leaders on our team. They're good role models. I mean, and, and they work their butts off. I mean, when you start talking about blue-collar discipline and tough, those two guys exemplify that. So glad they're on our football team, and I can't wait to see how they perform this year. We talked yeah, to you they a few. had a little bit of ties. You, you guys knew about them. Uh, it may not have been, you know, last year, year before, but from high school, they, they kind of knew some of the stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, what's going to end up happening, I think, with the transfer portal is if you've made a good relationship with guys and you've recruited them, but then they chose to go somewhere else, and then they say, okay, this is not for me, and they're going to go somewhere else. Um, you're going to have a good shot because you've already built that relationship with them. Um, you know, and, and the coaching profession is a fraternity too. You know, and anytime somebody enters in the transfer portal, like like for me, like I, if any of our guys go in the transfer portal, unless it's just egregious for a reason why they went. Um, I want to try to help them. Like if a coach calls me, I want to tell them the truth. Hey, this, 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 and this about them. You know, and so that's what we try to do. If somebody goes in the portal, we're interested in them, we're going to call that coach. We're going to call the coaches from that school, and we're going to talk to them and go, hey, tell us a little bit about the guy, you know, and try to get that figured out. Um, you're not always going to be 100% on that, um, but I think that is the way to do things. Uh, but, yes, with Kevon and, and Kadri, we knew about them prior to. Um, you know, obviously no tampering or doing anything like that, but um, because there were relationships somewhere, you had the ability to get in on them when they did go in the transfer portal. Uh, how far, or I guess, how is Cam Ransom coming along? Not even if he's starting or anything, but just, you know, a freshman entering college football and how has he transitioned into all of this? Um, you know, Cameron really um, surprised us. Um, not that we didn't think he was a good player. Uh, we definitely thought that off of film. Um, you know, obviously not getting to see him in person, not to get to talk with him, and really the only other than FaceTimes and all that type of stuff. We only, <laughs> our first, first real impression was when he showed up to the dorm to check in. And big smile on his face. And I'm going to tell you, the biggest thing that jumped out to me was how appreciative he was to be at Georgia Southern. And that's the way he's continued to be. Sometimes you get freshmen that excited when they get there, then when it gets hard, they start second guessing themselves. Cameron hasn't done that. And he's done a really good job of getting in the playbook. He's done a really good job of trying to build a relationship with Coach Roos and vice versa. Um, and, and, but the biggest thing he's done is try to build relationships with the team. Um, he's not a standoffish guy. I mean, he's just a he's an outgoing man. I want to get to know everybody on the team, and I want to be able to to be a part. Um, and he's done a really good job of that. So very proud of him for that. We will see how it works out on the field for him. Uh, but I do think he has a bright future in front of him. As a quarterback, have you seen him kind of find a voice as a leader? Maybe I don't know on the field, off the field. Have you seen him kind of embrace that? Uh, I have. Um, you know, when he first got here. He was quickly trying to find out what the receiver, who the receivers are, what their names were, and he was trying to set up times to get out here and throw with them, um, things like that. And then, you know, I walk in and he was actually sitting in a 
because he was he, when he first got here, he was rooming with Kevon Glenn and Kadri Jackson. Um, he was actually sitting in a meeting with Coach Cunningham, watching linebacker stuff, um, and just hanging out with him. Then next thing I know, he's sitting in a D line room, hanging out with the D line. And so, I mean, he's just that type of guy. Um, and so, uh, he, he's really fit in well, and uh, we're we're very happy to have him. And how have you seen Derek Canteen embrace like the expectations? And, you know, his name's out there a lot more this year. How have you seen him embrace that heading into this season? Um, I think he's handled it very well. You know, he's got a little mantra for himself that anytime something comes out, you know, and I, I know, man, I, I, I wish social media would just go out the window, but um, he'll put keep working and check mark, right? Um, and I think, well, I know that's what he's doing. I, I really feel like he learned from Kendall how to come to work every day um, and stay grounded. Um, again, we have to we have to make sure we manage that as well and, and continue to mentor him and all that type of stuff. But I think he's handled this attention very well um, and is going to do a good job for us. Oh, uh, one thing. All right, so I got some uh, bad news. Um, so last scrimmage, um, Todd Bradley uh, tore his bicep. Um, so he is uh, not going to be available this year. Um, you know, that is a huge blow for us. Uh, at the linebacker spot, but more importantly, it's a huge blow for us because what an awesome leader he was on the field for us. Now, I will say this about Todd. Uh, Todd's mindset is to be a huge leader for us off the field. Um, and obviously, he's dealing with it right now. Um, he's been kind of snake bit with injuries throughout his career, and uh, but he is a mentally tough dude. And, uh, you know, I know he's still going to add value to us. I hate it. I love him. I hate it for him because he'd worked so hard to get himself here, but I know he still will have a very, very, very important role with us on our team. Right arm? Left. Left. Left Considering all of his history with redshirting and all the different COVID, does he have any time left after this? Or? Actually, he does. Uh, <laughs> but I... He's uh, been here a while. Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, shoot, he may have three more years. I don't know, but um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know, and and this ain't the time to ask him. Um, you know, I shoot, he's got great things going on with his construction company and uh, really building that type of stuff, and, and and I know he's doing a good job with our team leading them. Um, you know, we'll we'll play that by ear. Um, I don't want to speak for him. The Eagles kick off their season September 4th against Gardner-Webb at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern inside Paulson Stadium, so we are getting closer and closer to college football season. Also at Paulson on Saturday, the 10th annual Irk Russell Classic. Uh, that kickoff was back. After a year off last year due to COVID, the first game pitted Clinch County against Macon County. Macon County absolutely ran away with that one. The second game, the nightcap, that was the one of local interest. The hometown team, the Statesboro Blue Devils, took a 21-7 win over Wayne County to open their season 1-0. and uh, it, was, it was a really fun game. It was really physical in the beginning, and then Statesboro just kind of took over after the first quarter. Um, really good football that night, and it was electric. The fans were into it. It was a lot of fun. And uh, afterwards, I got to talk to head coach Jeff Kaiser, and an interesting little tidbit about Coach Kaiser. Um, as some of you might know, I was hospitalized last year with COVID-19, and I was off for over two months um, off of work. And my first story back – uh, that I did was a story on Coach Kaiser, and um, he had also been hospitalized with COVID-19. I think I was hospitalized. Uh, I was there like 11 days, and I don't know, he was there like a week maybe, something like that. Um, 
and my first story back was him returning to the football field. Um, and so after the win, I remembered one thing he had told me when he, he was fighting COVID was, you know, all he wanted to do was be back on the football field and be back with his team. And the Statesboro Blue Devils in general um, had a hard time with COVID last year. A lot of teams did, but it really impacted their team. And so uh, to see them get that win and hoist that trophy and just the joy that that team had was really special Saturday night at Paulson Stadium. So here's my interview that I had with a uh, coach following that win. I mean, that was a really, really physical football game, it looked like. What did you learn about your team tonight? Well, uh, there was a lot of unknown going into the game just because uh, we, we haven't been able to get a practice rhythm with the heat and the storms and COVID and uh, we've got kids jumping around everywhere. So, we you know, we just took it upon ourselves to play a lot of kids we had to get a lot of kids ready to play as you know last year we got in a situation where the day of a game we had 10 kids quarantined for covid so our, we told our guys we got to be ready all over the place and uh credit to wayne county they're always got a great football team man they're huge uh but uh, you know about midway through the fourth quarter i thought to myself i said you know what our kids have fought their behinds off and i uh, just love them to death and so proud of them it's a great night to be a blue double how experienced is this team of yours? How many, I guess, younger guys versus older guys? Not many. Uh, we have three seniors, uh, four seniors starting on offense. Uh, we got a couple starting on defense, but we're, we're still young on defense. We didn't have but one or two guys that's ever started in a varsity game, so it was uh, it was challenging. But like I said, we, I think we played about 25 guys defensively tonight. Uh, just, uh, just proud of these kids. What is it like to be a part of an event like this in Statesboro on a college field to open up the season? Well, I, you know, I never told our kids this, but when I was a child, I was sitting on that green bank over there. Uh, when Snooky's restaurant was open, we, we used to flock in there so we'd get to see Coach Russell. Um, you know, our high, our high school baseball team was responsible for cleaning this whole stadium after the games was over with to raise money for our baseball team. So. Uh, you know, it's a special place. It's been a special place for a long time. Uh, these guys that run the, the Eagle Football Alumni Association, they're top-notch, super, super guys. Uh, they do a great job, and we're, we're thankful they invited us to play. I heard you tell Josh that one of your best practices all year came this week. Yeah, best practice we've had in two or three years was Wednesday, and one of the worst practices we've had in two or three years was yesterday. So. Uh, we just got to, we're off next week. We got two weeks to continue to get better in this, uh, we can smell a little hint in the air of what Blue Devil football is supposed to be. So what, what do the next two weeks kind of look like? Uh, well, How we're going we're gonna to go home like tonight this. and sleep. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back in tomorrow and get back to work on, on how we're going to get better ourselves. We're going to work on us for a week and then we'll get ready for Swainsboro next week. You said you guys had COVID issues again this year? Everybody's dealing with COVID. Everybody is. You know, we've had probably 15, 20 kids that's either had it or or, uh, or are quarantined with it. Our offensive line coach, assistant head coach, and strength and conditioning coordinator, David Diesel Neesmith, he's not with us. He uh, he uh, he's been battling COVID, uh, and I, I know his heart's hurting that he's not here with us. And we love him. Uh, he'll be back next week. And uh, like I said, it's just a great night to be a Blue Devil. Were you missing any players tonight, or you were pretty much full uh, go? We're missing a few. Our, our backup quarterback was out. We got several ninth graders that don't dress with us that are out. But uh, 
we're just like everybody else. We've been battling this thing. It's just hit and miss. It's, you don't know where the bullets are coming from in that regard. But our kids just did a wonderful job of responding and, and, and uh, hanging in there. And obviously we documented your battle last year. Uh, how, how are you doing just about a year uh, out, I guess? Know, uh, it's been a year, September 1st. It ain't about me, you know. It's a uh, bad thing we got going on in the world right now with that, but uh, what do you do? You keep on keeping on, and that's what, that's what we're doing. I know this is where you wanted to be, so That's you right. got back. Congratulations, yes, Coach. Thank you. If you want some more high school football action, we've got a recap of the Irk Russell Classic as well as all of our end zone games from Friday night over on our website, wtoc.com slash sports. So make sure you check all that out. Make sure you watch us on Friday nights. We are on during the news at 11. I'm always live from a game during the news at 6. On Thursday nights, we have a ga uh, game of the week preview during the news at 6. So Plenty to tune in and watch out for it throughout the week if you can't get enough high school football. Now, in non-high school football news, I also had a chance to do a pretty special story on uh, a guy you may have seen if you've been to a Savannah Bananas game. His name is Reggie Horton. Um, he's worked at Historic Grayson Stadium for about 20 years, he told me. Um, and this year, he was promoted to assistant coach for the team. Um doesn't have a baseball background, but the team told me that he's a big reason that they won the Coastal Plain League championship this year. So I'm going to let you have a listen to that story. When the Bananas won the Pettit Cup, the team was chanting one name. It wasn't the guy who caught the game winning out. It wasn't a player who scored a run, and it wasn't the head coach. It was Reggie. Reggie! That was... That, uh... I, I can't I can't I can't describe it, but I I enjoyed every minute of it. If you've been inside Historic Grayson Stadium, chances are you've seen Reggie. He says he's worked there for over 20 years. I did ground school here. I did concession stands here. I did trash here, maintenance. Did the picnic area. I had every job around the stadium. This year, the Bananas promoted perhaps their most loyal employee to his favorite title yet assistant coach. Coach Gillum basically said, I want him on the bench because he's an energy giver. Reggie was just the spark the team needed to bring home the hardware this season. Ultimate team player. If, he, uh, if he's taking out trash or he's mixing up Reginade for us or giving us pregame speeches, he's, uh, he's doing it with 100% effort and 100% energy and is so genuine and he's always got a smile on his face no matter what he's doing. Even though he was promoted, he still mixes up his famous Reginade before every game. His pregame speeches are legendary among the players. Be mentally locked in. Yeah. Stay tapped in. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know the most important thing we're going to be doing tonight too also? What? We are going to fry some bacon. Yeah. Reggie sums up the championship season best. That was special. Now if you want to go watch that story, you can also find that on our website at WTOC.com sports as well. Later in the week, uh, look out for another podcast. Jake Wallace and I will be back with another end zone edition of the WTOC Sports Podcast to get you guys ready for what's technically week one of high school football because this past week was week zero, even though it's the second week. It confuses me. I don't know if it confuses you guys. 
Last week was week zero. This week is week one. Even though it's the second week of play that counts, whatever you want to call it, we'll be back for it. So make sure you look out for that. Thank you for listening, subscribing, downloading, all that good stuff. If you want to leave us a review, we will appreciate that as well. And we'll talk to you later in the week.